After I graduated from high school, I went to Michigan State University to study Russian. MSU was one of the first land-grant colleges in the 1860s. Land-grant schools specialized in agriculture and the mechanical arts, so MSU, originally MAC, Michigan Agricultural College, and that is why it was often referred to as MU-U. There were 40,000 students, half of whom lived in dorms on an immense campus of 5,200 acres. I was in an accelerated Russian program leading to a master's from Moskovsky Garsudarsvini Universitet, MGU, the University of Moscow. We suspected that the program was funded by the CIA and that some of the professors were talent spotters. And our suspicions were probably correct. This was the height of the Cold War. And as we found out later on, the CIA was funding Russian programs throughout the country. There were 15 students in my class. Classes went for four hours, five days a week, four hours a day, five days a week, from 8 until 12, and another four hours of lab time were also required of students. I spent those long hours sitting next to a young woman named Penny, short for Penelope. She was completely blind and made her way around the campus with the help of a seeing-eye dog, a German shepherd named Sparky. We learned uh, to negotiate the 33 letters of the Russian alphabet, two of which have no sound but influence the sounds of the letters that come before them. She had to negotiate the same alphabet in Russian Braille. I don't think it would ever occur to any of us to ask her why she was blind. The apostles were not so discreet. The, interroga the interrogative adverb, why, hangs over this Sunday's gospel. When they ask the question, why was this man born blind, the apostles are assuming that a physical defect, in this case blindness, implies a moral failure of some order. If there were anything, if this were anything but a homily on Laetare Sunday, we could spend a couple of hours profitably theodicizing. But the gospel should not be read in isolation apart from the Lenten liturgy. And that is because today and for the next two Sundays, the catechumens undergo the scrutinies in preparation for baptism on Holy Saturday night. When these ritual exorcisms were reintroduced into the church's litur liturgy in the late 60s and early 70s, they received a lot of resistance from clergy and laity alike who thought they were spooky. But the textual evidence for them goes back to the apostolic tradition by Hippolytus in the year 215 and likely were much older. The scrutinies, really ritual exorcisms, are good examples of how the liturgy is the primary source of theological reflection, how the Church's faith is shaped by liturgical prayer. This is the background we need to understand this Lenten Gospel. The catechumens are confronted by the witness of a man born blind whose eyes have been opened by Jesus. The lesson for them and us is not just learning how to open our eyes to make an accurate moral assessment of ourselves, 
but to discover where the darkness reigns within us in the first place, and then how and why we choose and continue to choose the darkness over the light. This is why scripture often implies the imagery of blindness as a metaphor for sin, but there are other ways to describe uh, the sin, other metaphors to use for this state of self-absorption that passes for sinful behavior. Uh, proud as a peacock, hard of heart. The one I prefer is um, belly button staring. Uh, you don't have to do this now, but later today, sit in a chair, bend over, and stare at your belly button. If you can do this and still see something or someone around you, you may have a serious medical problem. A sinner is someone who is blind to the world around them because they are fixated in some degree and in some way on themselves. In the liturgy of these last Sundays of Lent, the catechumens are asked what they want to be freed from or what they want to be freed for. Their answers remind the assembly that we have all made our own personal pact with darkness. We have a lifetime of experience in avoiding the light. And it's only a small step from being caught in the sin to loving the sin that catches us. Why? There again comes the question. The moral blindness of sin remains a deep mystery. But today's liturgy offers at least the conviction that whatever the sin, Christ is there reconciling, forgiving, and leading us to light. <laughs>